1: Thank you for joining us. There is so much to gain by obeying God's commandment to pray. Prayer is our most powerful weapon against Satan's unrelenting desire to destroy the kingdom of God. That is why God admonishes us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is our gateway to commune with God, to talk to Him, to seek His guidance. We are to pray individually and collectively, for there is wonder-working power in the fervent prayer The righteous. Listen closely, with Bible, pen, and paper handy, as Pastor Randa reminds us of the miraculous power of prayer.
2: Luke chapter twenty-two, verses thirty-nine through forty-six. And then you'll find these words coming out. He went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your, yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he arose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter. Into temptation. And from this particular passage, we want to preach the subject rise and pray. Rise and pray. In a world that's literally filled with anxiety, pain, disappointment, confusion, corruption, strife, entanglement. It is spiritual negligence if we fail to pray. More demands are being made upon us every day, such as pressure from jobs, family responsibilities, financial challenges. There are academic requirements for those of you who are in school. And just dealing with the problems and issues of life itself, not to mention the uncertainties of life as well as the calamities of life. The question I pose to you with all of this going on in our society, how is your prayer life? All of the aforementioned items can either erode your prayer life or increase your prayer life depending on your level of spiritual maturity. If there was ever time we needed to rise and pray, it is right now. All of us need to arrest our attention on the vital need of prayer. This coming Wednesday, we will have our 14 hour prayer watch and there'll be nothing going on in the house of God, but prayer all day long. And you'll be surprised how many Christians who will just be absolutely apathetic when it comes to the need of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Believers ought to pray about everything, being confident that God hears and answers prayer. It is through prayer that God's children speak to him. It is through prayer that God's children call out to him. It is through prayer that God's children cry out to him. During a question and answer session that my wife and I led with the youth at the retreat, one of the children asked, why pray since God already know everything? I thought that was a great question. Why pray since God already knows everything? My wife and I responded by saying that prayer acknowledges our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. And without God, we can do absolutely nothing. When we pray, we are acknowledging our inadequacy. And when we pray, we are also acknowledging his sufficiency. That's why we pray, even though he knows what we are going to pray. It shows dependency on him. It shows just how inadequate we are and yet how sufficient God is. In this particular passage, Jesus finds himself headed toward a tremendous crisis. His earthly ministry is coming to a close. He is about to be betrayed by Judas, arrested in Gethsemane, denied by Peter, put on trial in Pilate's court, mocked by soldiers and ultimately hung on a cross. What a crisis our Savior is in in this text. And yet this passage displays how Jesus kept prayer as priority as we see Jesus praying to the Father as he prepares to finish the work God had assigned for him to do. In this particular passage, Jesus is experiencing a horrendous moment. He is experiencing intense stress. That we can't comprehend. He's experiencing satanic pressure. The likes of which no one has ever experienced. All the demons in hell. Have now converged. On uh, the Mount of Olives. To, to impede and to intrude. Upon the mission of our Savior. The Savior in this text is emotionally exhausted as he anticipates the cup of divine wrath. The weight of intense agony and struggle that no other person in human history has ever experienced is now growing more and more intense as he draws closer and closer to the cross. The closer he got to the cross, the more satanic pressure And emotional anguish he experienced. And in the garden there in the Mount of Olives, the pressure was so excruciatingly intense to the point that Jesus sweated great drops of blood. Which is a dangerous condition known as hematidrosis, which is the effusion of blood in one's Perspiration. No wonder it says in Luke twenty-two forty-three in the text, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him because he needed some help. And the only help that he could really get at this point was help from God who sends an angel to help him in his crisis. In Jesus' humanness and agony, he says in verse 42, Father, it's in your text if you see it there, verse 42, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done You see, the thought of being the sin bearer for lost humanity and separated from God upon the cross was too much to bear. However, Jesus yielded to the will of the father and refused to succumb to his humanness. Why must Christians pray? Why must Christians pray? The, the very thing God told us to do, we take so lightly. Why must Christians pray? Number one, because Jesus himself prayed. John 17:1 says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. Jesus prayed being God in flesh had no sin, never thought a wrong thought, never did a wrong deed, and yet he himself saw the priority of prayer, and yet we who are sinful, we who have fallen short and missed the mark, we who have failures and we who have the propensity to sin, most of the time finding ourselves not praying. We ought to pray because Jesus prayed. Number two, why pray? We ought to pray because Jesus commanded us to pray. In Luke twenty-two forty-six, b right here in the text, Jesus tells his disciples to rise and pray. With all the hell that's going on in our country. One crisis after another. With all of the opposition against the word, against God, against the church and a sickness, and disease, and pain, and death, and hurt, and disappointment, and divorce, and renegade children, and, 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 and wayward schools, we could ill afford not to pray. We pray because Jesus commanded us to pray. Thirdly, we pray because you have an enemy who wants to destroy your life. Some of y'all have not come to the point of reasoning that you have An enemy. Yes, you do. The devil is not your cousin. He's not your friend. Matter of fact, you are authorized. You can hate the devil. You cannot like the devil. And you ought to stand against the devil. and You ought to resist him because he's out to destroy you. And some of you have been too friendly with him lately. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be diligent, because your adversary, what's an adversary? What is an adversary? An enemy. Uh, Your adversary, And, and it says in the text who he is, the devil, the devil is your enemy. The devil is your, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, I want you to hear me well. Satan is an opportunist who comes at the height of your success. And he also comes at your lowest point in life. He comes when you are spiritually strong as well as when you are spiritually weak. And you know what that devil does? He will use every resource at his disposal to devour your life, to shatter your dreams, and ultimately bring you to spiritual and physical destruction. He hates your mother, your father, your grandparents. He hates the preacher. He hates the preacher's wife. He hates evangelists. He hates missionaries. He hates Christians. He hates everything that stands for God and the kingdom of God. He wants your children. He wants your grandchildren. He wants to steal. He wants to steal your joy, steal steal your finances, steal your marriage, steal steal everything about you. Satan's desire is to strip you naked and then kill you. We pray because we have an enemy. And the only way you're going to win the battle against Satan is through the ministry of prayer. Satan is not scared of talk. Satan loves it when you look at too much television. He loves it when you stay over, stay on the internet, and, and email, and tweet, and and iPods and Facebook over time. He say, "Get with it, get with it, get with it. go on and on and on. Click, click, tick, 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 click, 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 iPod, click, 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 click on and on until you exhausted exhausted and then you're too tired to pray. Before why pray? We pray because we need wisdom and discernment. From God. You need wisdom and discernment to deal with that devil. You need wisdom from God. Your intelligence, no matter what degree you have, is not enough to combat Satan. As a matter of fact, you can't fight the devil with secular means. You have to fight him with spiritual weapons, and that's with the word and prayer. James 1 5 says, If any of you lacked wisdom, Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. He says, you want wisdom? Answer God. You see, my friends, the world is too dangerous and Satan is too busy for us not to be crying out to God for wisdom in decisions and the challenges that we'll face each day. Your day, each day is filled with choices that you have to make. Choices on the job. Choices about medication. Choices about your health. Choices about surgeries. Choices about who you're going to marry. Choices about your children. Choices about schools. Choices about jobs and careers and all of these things. And listen, Satan wants you to bad choice your way into the doldrums. Number five, why pray? Prayer illuminates and opens our minds to the rich truths and divine insights of the word of God. Now that's big. Prayer illuminates and opens our minds to the rich truths and divine insight from the word of God. I want everyone of you with the Bible to turn to Luke 24, 45. Luke 24, 45. You hanging with me? Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And look what it says. Luke 24, 45. When you find it, say amen. And he, Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. You know, you don't approach the Bible like you do any kind of magazine. You don't approach the Bible like some kind of novel or some kind of suspense book or any other book that you may be reading as you prepare in the academic arena. You don't approach the the, Bible. The Bible is the book of all books. And you say, well, I don't understand it. It's too hard to understand. Maybe it's because you're not praying for an understanding. Do you realize this is a deep book? Is deep enough to profound the deepest theologian, and yet it's light enough to not choke a baby as he begins to understand and begins his walk with the Lord. In other words, what we're saying here is that you need to pray for divine insights into the truths of Scripture. You'll never grow in your walk in the Lord until you begin to pray every time you approach the word of God and say, God, help me to understand your word. You wrote it. Therefore, you can help me understand it. And God will begin to unlock the mysteries of the word of God in a way that you never understood before. Prayer. Why pray? Prayer keeps your fleshly appetites under the control of the
1: Holy Spirit.
2: Prayer keeps your fleshly appetites under the control of the Holy Spirit. Mark 14, 38 says, watch and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Satan wants to work through our flesh. He wants to uh, the propensities of the flesh, the sin factor of the flesh. He tempts us through our flesh. We live in unredeemed flesh and we will struggle with our fleshly propensities and desires and appetites until God gives us that brand new body in that great getting up morning. It is through prayer that we get a spiritual breakthrough over Satan. It is it is through prayer that sin, failure, guilt, bitterness and addictions are broken. Some of you Satan has had far too many victories in your life. And that's because you've given in permission because you've stayed away from the ministry of prayer and the word. Some of you, sin has been weighing you down while others of you are still mulling over your failures, your guilt. Some of you right here as I preach, you're bitter. And you've been bitter far too long to the point that you're no kingdom good. And there are many by television and radio and under my voice, you have addictions that are yet to be broken. And the only way those addictions will be broken is through the avenue of prayer. Number seven, why pray? Because of surrounding corrupting influences of this world system. This world is filled, it's replete with corrupting influences of this world. Prayer restrains and keeps us from yielding to temptation. Because when we yield, we sin. In Luke twenty-two forty, 40, back in the text, Luke twenty-two forty 40 says, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. All of us are tempted even on a daily basis. That's right. You're tempted to talk too much. You're tempted not to pray. And then you succumb to, you're tempted not to study the word. We're tempted to eat too much. We're tempted to look at the wrong thing. We're tempted to stay on the internet too, too long. huh? We, we're tempted to talk too long on the phone. huh? We, we're tempted to frequent places that we shouldn't be frequenting. And on and on and on it goes. And prayer help us not to yield to temptation for yielding is sin. Number eight, prayer cultivates the mind of Christ. Prayer cultivates the mind of Christ. Uh, Philippians 2 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Once you come to Christ, once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, your one and only savior, then what God wants to do is to cultivate a mind for Christ. Because before you came to Christ, your mind blown to the devil. Your mind was dark. Your, Your mind did not have the life of God in it. But now since you've come into the marvelous light. God wants to develop your mind. He wants to minister to your minds. And you you must realize that many people in the church even have sick minds. And I'm going to tell you something. The worst thing you can do is to go to the psychologists, especially those who know not the Lord Jesus Christ and psychics and all of these people. Instead of consulting solid Christian biblical counselors and those who have been uh, with Jesus to minister to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something else, too, while I'm talking about cultivating the mind of Christ. A lot of times when folk do devilish things, they say they weren't on their medication. Now, in some cases, that may be true. You know, and I'm not minimizing uh, medicine, and I'm not saying medicine has no purpose. Don't don't take it. To, I'm not taking it that industry. but I'm gonna tell you, everything is not going to be done away with spiritually uh, through through medication. Some folk need deliverance. Now, I know y'all scared to say "amen" on that, but a whole lot of folk need some deliverance by God. Medicine is a blessing, and God has given man great wisdom, but medicine in and of itself is not a cure-all. That's all I'm saying. God wants to cultivate a mind of Christ. He wants you to have a kingdom mind not a worldly mind. He wants you to think on things above. He wants you to set your affections, your heart on things above. And you know why the church is losing her identity? It's because there's too many people in the house of God with worldly minds. Television minds, music minds, iPod minds, crazy minds, foolish minds, angry minds, sick in their thinking. The Bible says, If you want to make kingdom progress, if you want to please God, you have to cultivate the mind of Christ by letting this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Number nine, you know what prayer does? Prayer cultivates an intimacy and dependency upon Christ. Prayer cultivates an intimacy, a closeness and a dependency upon Christ. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart and lean not to your what? Own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct. Listen. As you allow the Lord to have his way with you, as you trust him and not lean on your wisdom, human wisdom, but on his wisdom, therein will be an intimacy with the Lord. He wants to be close to you. He wants you to depend upon him. Number 10, prayer prepares us for crises that are destined to intrude into our lives. Prayer prepares us for crises that are destined to intrude into our lives. In this passage, it was through prayer that Jesus survived his crisis. And Jesus did not wait till he got in a crisis. He was praying even before the crisis. He had a ministry of prayer. And you know why you ought to be praying now? Because you don't know what's going to happen to you by tonight. You don't know who's going to die in your family, even in our immediate family. You don't know where your child's going to be. You don't know what your circumstance. Today you can have a job and tomorrow no job. You don't know what you're, you you can leave here, go home, get so sick, you'll rush to the ICU unit. And we need to be praying before the crisis. If you're not praying before, you will not survive it. Some of you all use God like a spare tire. You only take him out when you need him. Oh, God, help me to preach this message. Number 11, you know what prayer does? Prayer keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. It keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. Right there in the text in Luke 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to tell you something. Just because you are going through a struggle or just because you're in a crisis does not necessarily mean that you are out of the will of God as reflected in this passage. Jesus Christ was in the will of God, even though he was in a crisis. And sometimes you can come to the conclusion that, you know what, since things are so tough where I am or way I, with, with this situation, with that, with that situation, maybe this is not of God. If, it, if, it, if Maybe I'm having all this trouble because God is not in this. God God could very well be in it, but he wants to use the process to purge you, to refine you, to sift the worldly residue off of you. God knows exactly what he's doing. Sometimes he allows us to go through the fire so we can come out as
1: pure gold. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need Him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to Him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, Please visit www.MaranathaEssay.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.